Hello and welcome to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. We're on episode 62. Regular listeners or watchers will know that we always beg for a review. So if you could leave that on YouTube, YouTube or iTunes, Spotify, whatever, because it'll help us a great deal. Um, you know me, Steve Lillis, and my co-host, John Evans. Hope you're okay there, John. Yes, Steve, I'm good. I'm good to see you got your Fulham casual... Hey, mate, well, You've been I'm causing trouble on my terraces again. I, I'm, I'm, I'm dashing down tomorrow, mate. I was, I, where was I Saturday watching them? I was at Man City Saturday. I'm dashing down tomorrow, mate. It's Millwall at home tomorrow night, so ultra wear only tomorrow night, but there'll be no <laughs> colours, you know, because then Millwall have got, fans have to be sorted. You know, have you, you know got your I'm mob like, ready? Hey? Have you got your mob ready? My mob's ready, mate, tomorrow night. I'll tell you that. We'll, 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 we'll throw sourdough bread rolls at them, mate. That's what we'll do. <laughs> That's posh Fulham fans. Anyway, more, more important than Fulham is a great guest this week. It's the second time he's been on. Former British, European, like more, it's super welterweight now, but it's like middleweight in old money. Ch- champion, uh, one of those great British fighters who just never got that world title. Desperately wrong, unlucky, however you want to see it. Anyway, now a top trainer, Jamie Moore. Thanks for coming on. Morgan. What's happening, boys? Okay. Yeah, yeah good, mate. Good Busy time for you. You got Jack Catrall in, is it just under three weeks against Josh Taylor, world of super yeah. lightweight champion, then Mark Leach, Chris Book for the br- vacant British super bantam. So it's non-stop in the gym, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, busy. Uh, week, week before that, we've got Laurent Harrison's uh, third professional fight as well. So, um, and then we, we were just waiting on a day now for Chantel um, to, to hopefully become... Oh, challenge for the undisputed titles as well. So, uh, busy, busy, yeah. Yeah, I saw Amanda Serrano um, put a tweet or Instagram post out a little while ago. It was full of plays for Chantel. How glad she was to meet her and one of her favourite fighters, I think she said, which was quite nice. Yeah, uh, high praise coming from a fighter like that. You know, he's um, he's, he's been there and done it and got the T-shirt. So, so um, we, we've said for a long time that Chantel's, you know, potentially one of the best female fighters out there. I think she's proved that over the last 12 months. And um, I've got a feeling, you know, I firmly believe she will become undisputed. And uh, and, I th- and I think she's going to be involved in some really big fights over the next few years. Yeah. It's yeah, mad. I'll tell, it looks... what... Sorry, I'll tell you what, Jamie, how good is it that for Mark come and on, Jack... Come on, tech terms, come on. Let's <laughs> have this vying for who's going to go first. Go on, Steve, John. Just I wanted to say... I'd like. I'm. I'm. I'm glad you've come fully dressed as the pundit tonight with the, the headset and everything. You know what? It echoes <laughs> in my conservatory it, if I don't wear these old. These old. These old headphones. Look. Honestly, you look like Martin Tyler or something like that. You know, <laughs> match of the day. I'll take it. I'll take that. <laughs> but John can ask his question first, mate. Yeah, I was going to say, Jamie, how good is it for Jack and Mark, two lads who've had to wait and wait and wait, and they've finally yeah. got these opportunities, haven't they, to show what we can do? Yeah, it is, mate. I mean, it's been so tough for Jack. You know, it's like three years. It's over three years since he became mandatory for the the WBO title. And then it's just been a long process of waiting for your your turn, basically. Then there was unification problems, which overrides your mandatory. And then there was the situation where do you just wait a little bit longer and, and allow the undisputed fight to happen with the guarantee that you'll get the winner and then get all the, you know, get the opportunity to, so, so he's gone from not fighting for one title, but potentially fighting for two 
to then, okay, let's hold off maybe three or four months, but then I'll get to fight for all the marbles. So it was a difficult decision for him because what do you do in that situation? But, you know, it's paid off. It, it, it looks like it was the right decision now because he's got the, the biggest opportunity of his lifetime. Who wouldn't want to fight for all the belts rather than just one or, or maybe two? So, uh, so he's got a more difficult fight, but that's what he always wanted. He always said, I don't want to be fight for the vacant title and, and end up a world champion by default. If I'm gonna beat if I'm gonna be a world champion, I want to beat the 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 best out there. And that's what he's got the opportunity to try and prove. You know what? It's nuts, Morsey. I'm just thinking there, you're talking about Chantal Cameron, Jack Catchall in one of the biggest fights there'll be in the world this year with all those belts on the line. Uh, Mark Leach and it was only three, three and a half years ago when Tommy Cole was was winding down. You yourself and Nigel were thinking, you know, well, well, well that'll be it. You'll go off to do your punditry and one or two other things. Nigel will have his amateurs and he's, and he, you know, he's got his, his job yeah. with the fire service. And here we are now. We're talking of all these big fights. It's nuts. It just shows what, what boxing is. So I know you, you, you know, you two genuinely were just looking at the end and not carrying on training. It's mad, isn't it? I blame Frampton for ending up, mate. That's what happens when Frampton... It was, it was, it was literally, it was literally um, helping Tommy Coyle. That's how we started. And it was only ever going to be that. And then, unfortunately, when Oliver got sick, Martin and Rocky, he asked me to coach them two while, until he was better. And, and so I was in the gym with Tommy, Martin and Rocky when I got the phone call from Carl Frampton, which was about a month after, and uh, and he just basically said, are you coaching people still? You know, my dad's mentioned you. He didn't even really think, because I wasn't sure if he was coaching, but he thinks it'd be a good fit and blah, blah, blah. And then the conversation went on. I came over in. The rest is history, but I'm loving it. And you know what, Steve? I'm loving it now, really am. And... I suppose everything happens for a reason. You know, fate sort of sends you down a certain path and stuff like that. Not only have I got a thriving professional stable now, in the meantime, I've opened an amateur boxing club and we've got like 25 carded boxes over the last 12 <laughs> months. And we had, we had our first show last week. So it's just chaotic at the moment. There's so much going on, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm, I'm, I sort of fell in love with boxing again. And uh, I think you go in dips and troughs when you're actually involved in it of sort of loving yeah. it and sort of that's times you've had enough but I'm really really enjoying it at the moment that's brilliant and uh, it's great oh I think it's great you're still you're training haven't been lost to it because uh, you, you know you've made, you've made an impact on, on, on your fighters with their results and you could make an even bigger impact over the next few weeks yourself and Nigel I can't forget hey, Nigel will be on my case you, you, no of course mate you guys might know the answer to this but we were talking about it yesterday We've got Jack fighting for the Undisputed and Chantel in a month or two or whatever fighting for the Undisputed. I don't know anyone who's ever done that or had that happen to, to in that, you know, as an individual gym. You know what? There's been so we, few we, fights we, for we all four belts. It has to be. There's been so... There hasn't been enough four-belt fights. Yeah. yeah. So for, to, have, to have that in the space of two months in the same gym. I just no. Yeah. Is, oh, oh, I can't, and you're right. We do have to mention Nige. You just get upset, you know, if we don't mention Nige, because <laughs> we, we last week. This is a funny little story. Quick before we carry on. When when I when, when I won Trainer of the Year 2018, I, I said to Clee, 
if I win, I've got to get Nigel because it's only right. He helps me, he helps us out so much in the gym and it wouldn't be possible without him. So I said, gets up there. I said, listen, before before I say anything, I just think it'd only be right. We get Nigel Travis up here because the only reason I'm able to sort of set this and stand up here is because of his help in the gym. So Nigel, could you come up here with me, please? So everyone sort of gives a round of applause. He gets up, comes up, and he, he comes. That's the last thing I said. He literally <laughs> stood there and said, yeah, you know, listen, it's not about me. It's about the lads. You know, we're doing it all for the lads. And uh, I run my side, I'm a boxing club. And he stood there and spoke for 20 minutes. <laughs> and then everyone clapped. And then we just walked off. And I went, well, that was nice of you. <laughs> I literally got you up there to, to sort of be a mate. Stand up, stand, and he, he didn't shut up. 20 minutes he spoke for. And that was uh-huh. it. So Brilliant. we're going to have to try and win it again so I get to say a word. <laughs> I'll have to get him on here, otherwise, yeah, we must get him on here one week, actually. But anyway, John, if you... together. it's funny when we're together. Yeah, we'll do that next yeah, time. Yeah. Give it in a couple months to all your fights are out of the way, Jamie, and we'll get you both on one for one one week, and Damn. we'll just talk boxing instead of general subject. Maybe do an Easter special or something where we take a break to on. But we'll do that. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. three minute rounds, six three minute rounds. Are you, John, got your bell and everything ready? Everything's ready. Ready when you are, Steve. Right, we're ready. And we're going to start round one. And I think one of Jamie's subjects, Chris Eubank Jr. Yeah, I was watching the fight at the weekend. And, um, well, obviously, there's been there's been a lot uh, said about the, the, the manner of the performance, really. You know, obviously, early on. I, I, I've seen a lot of people talking about the, his dominance early on. And I didn't really see it like that. I thought... The knockdowns won in the rounds and, and give him a big lead um, going going into sort of the mid part of the fight. I actually thought Williams was winning the first couple of rounds, except for getting dropped. And I think I think there was his own mistakes. I think you know he was he was leaping in um, with his with he had one leg or the other off the floor when he got dropped with the jabs. Um, you know you've got to give Eubank his his credit for the for the timing of the jabs. I think that was what was doing the damage to Williams. But, but you, you know, you can't be jumping in at that level with your feet off the floor um, yeah. um, against a, a fighter at the level what Chris Eubank Jr. is at. Um, so, so, so I don't think he actually dominated the fight early on at all. I think it was just a case of the mistakes what Williams was making sort of highlighted that and made it look like he was more dominant than he was on the scorecards. Yeah, I, I, I agree 100%, Jamie. It was, it was like perfect punch picking, wasn't it, rather than domination. And I, exactly. saw, I saw a few people saying, um, you know, he couldn't, why didn't he stop him? Why didn't he stop him? But whenever he had Liam Hurt, he didn't like pile on the pressure. And he was, he was never a punch or two away from stopping the fight, was he? He was no, like no. holding back through, the, even when he was on top. So, yeah. He, when Eubank was coming through, the one thing he did have was then fast hands and a vicious yeah. instinct, wasn't he? You know what? He could switch it on and take people out. And he would yeah. frustrate people because he would wait so long before doing it. But he just seems to have gone... Well, it, 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 it's like he's game, gone the polar opposite. Yeah, the polar yeah. opposite is what made him a good fighter. But I think maybe... I mean, he is 32 now, so he might be getting towards the stage where he, he might not be able to sort of reap the benefits of it. But... Yeah. I think somewhere in the middle is probably his best style because he, he looked like he could box a bit. Different. I never thought he'd be able to box as well as he did. But if you found that sort of middle ground, 
if he if he found a way of switching or reverting back into his old style the other night, then he could have closed the show and, and looked explosive doing it. I know he was saying afterwards, I didn't want to, but I don't think that's the case. No. I think any fighter will tell you, if you, especially that type of rivalry where, where there's been bad blood, you want to get someone out of there. You want, you want to get them out if you can. And I, I don't think it was by choice. It was just a, a bizarre fight, I thought. I've just thought it was a speed of punch and early door, the early knockdowns where there was a, you know, the, the, the speed of punch. And I don't think Liam even saw them. You know, the, no, he did his flash knockdown. And I think he just didn't, he didn't yeah. see it. It was a bizarre thing. It was one of those fights. If you were ringside, you might have seen it differently than knockdowns. It was round two over to you, John. Random fights and one that was on Saturday on the bill. Yeah, yeah. It'll probably just get overlooked by a lot of people, but Chris Jenkins against Dean Dongo. I thought it was a, a brilliant bit of matchmaking that, you know, instead of seeing Jenkins going around the same names that we see time and time again and the same opponents getting passed around, I just thought it, it put a bit of life into it. And it got me thinking about other random fights I've seen over in Britain. And I was at a um, very sad night, actually, when Paul Ingle got hurt. And on that same card, you had um, Neil Sinclair against Daniel Santos and Asselino yeah, turned up in Sheffield. But the one that's always stuck in my mind was um, Richard Everett with his tiger hair get fighting Poison Junior Jones on the yeah, Nassim Ahmed yeah. belt. And I just love when these random fights come up. I think it's really good matchmaking. It, it brings a lot more of attention to these smaller fighters like Everett, like Chris Jenkins. I just wish it had happened more often rather than the, the same names getting retreaded. You know what, when you were coming up with those, John, I just thought I could think of two and one I did some research about. I mean, so once one comes to mind, look, I mean, I'll go more random was Johnny Tapia coming to your call was random. Yeah, yeah. But another random, a few months after his first fight with Chris Eubank, bear in mind that had been, that was ITV, 12, 15 million people watching. How random for Nigel Ben to go back to your call. A few months later, his next fight after Eubank won was going back to your call to fight Robbie Sims, Marvin Hagler's half brother. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is random as you get. And the last one, as random as the other night, I thought was Paulie Malignage coming over to fight Sam Eggington about Sam Eggington, yeah. five years ago. You know, yeah, it's just few, and as you say, that was great matchmaking for Sam that night. I was actually going back to what you just said before, uh, John. Um, Santos and Sinclair. I was at that fight. I went, I, I think I just turned pro. I was there as a fan. And Asselino Freitas was on the bill as well. Yeah. You remember yeah, Freitas him with the against, um, Daniel Alicia, he fought. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. was going to, yeah, who Naz fought to a match to a match too hard yeah. too early in his career, Alicia. But yeah, you, you was... know, do, do the fighters in the gym get like that added extra, added extra spark when they get one of these old names from. You know, a, a well-known name gets suggested to them rather than think, a run-of-the-mill opponent. Yeah, I think the butterflies definitely get going, especially if it's that sort of, I'd say maybe 10 years, 10 to 15 years age difference, where if you've been growing up watching it on TV and that yeah. fight was somebody you enjoyed watching and then all of a sudden, potentially, you're looking at me getting matched with them. It's like, even though you know they're on the slide, it's sort of like those inbuilt sort of neurological pathways always lead you back to 
them in their peak. Do you know what I mean? So you'd always have those nerves. I just think it's sad. I don't, I don't like seeing fight, throwback fights like that. Right. Round three over to myself and one that Jamie might comment on because he was sort of, you know, didn't get the, he, his big world title fight he deserved. How much easier is getting... Ruben, big... Steve. Sorry? Just rub it in a bit more, please. No, I'm just <laughs> saying, I'm, I'm sympathising with you. Just how much easier it is. I was, I'll tell you what, I was in Scotland working last week and... Um, I spent some time with Gary Jacobs, who was fantastic, grossly underrated fighter. Fought Pernell yeah, Whitaker, fight, yeah. um, yeah, Whitaker for the WBC welterweight when he was mandatory challenger. Before Whitaker, he'd lost a couple, but he'd lost to a peak Donovan Boucher. You know, Buddy McGirt, who he says beat him up more than Pernell Whitaker when we were speaking last yeah. week. And um, I think he had a, a freak loss to Mickey Hughes. I was there at your call where he won nine and a half rounds and got taken out with one shot when he was well, he was home and dry. But anyway, he deserved his chance against Perno Whitaker. Won the European title in France against Ludovic Proto. Can't remember the exact name anyway. But anyway, what Gary, we were talking about getting easier chances. And you know what? And what was great, you hear a lot of boxers talk about this and they're quite bitter about the chances. But Gary was comparing himself and saying... Older fighters like him shouldn't criticise these guys getting all these opportunities because they're getting more money now. You know, you should be glad for them. You know, and, and, and you know, and he was really honest about it, saying that um, if he was about in this era, he would never have got near guys like Crawford or Spence, but he would like to have tested himself against the Brook and Calm. But he was he was full of um, full of joy as such that these guys, there's the, the, the world title fights, the big fights are easier to come by. By now, I really wanted to, you know, get your opinion, Jamie, because they're they're even harder now than they were in your easier now than they were in your generation, which is only one yeah, generation, I, generations I, back. I totally agree. I think any fighter will probably have the same mindset, and it's because we know how difficult the sport is. So, so why would you begrudge somebody getting an opportunity? So, so you know they've worked sort of what 15, 20 years to get to that stage where that there are thereabouts in a position where they can potentially fight for the world title. So why would you begrudge someone that? I just, I just think the opposite. I would, I would praise somebody. I, I would rejoice the fact that they're getting the opportunity because all you ever want as a fighter or, for, or I think for somebody else as a fighter is that opportunity to change their life because there's only that small percentage of fighters who get the opportunity <clears throat> to earn life-changing money and, you know, put themselves in a position, them and the family, so that they don't ever have to sort of worry again. And, um, you know, why, why, why would you ever begrudge somebody that? Not even just in boxing, in life in general. Yeah. You know, I, if, I, if I see someone putting the lottery on in the shop, I think, you know what, go and win it. I hope to God you win it, it'll change your life. Because I just like seeing people, you know, be successful or achieve things or, or a bit of a stroke of luck or fate on the side. So why would he be budget in, in boxing, which is the toughest sport in the world? The bell goes, and um, you finished on the perfect note there. Um, Jamie, um, another fight you want to talk about? Daniel Jacobs, John Ryder, great fight this weekend. Yeah, great, great clash of styles, I think. You know, John Ryder is massively improved over the last few years. Um, I think he's really come into his own. I think when he first moved up to super middleweight, it was sort of, unsure whether he'd be big enough to compete at that weight but I think it's been the best move for him I think he's got more gears um, I think in a way he's, 
he's, he's improved him defensively on the front foot because he probably feels like he can't afford to take the shots that that uh, maybe did in the past. And uh, and and I know Jacobs is going to be the favourite, but I think I think he's a dark horse rider. I really do. I think um, I think he's got a great chance. Um, I like Danny Jacobs. I love his story. I think it's a fantastic story. Um, you know, overcoming uh, cancer and, and putting himself in the position what he has done. So it's a, so it's a really it's got backstories to it and stuff like that. I think it's a great fight. Yeah. This is one of those fights where this is John's world title fight, this, isn't it? You know, this he's yeah. got Danny Jacobs at home. In the past, he would have had to probably go to America on an undercard somewhere and, yeah, and really yeah. struggle, but everything's in his favour. And like you, Jamie, I just think it feels like Danny's not going to have the same opinion of John as John has of Danny. And it, I just wonder if his motivation might be lacking a bit. John's got everything in his favour. And I just wonder if it could be where the two paths cross and John, with a performance of his life, can can pull this out. I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. I can't wait for it. I think I think Danny's a bit more mobile than someone like Callum. But Callum, yeah. Callum was a, a bigger puncher, I'd say. But you can, you see what John Ryder did with, with, with Callum Smith. He pushed him to the wire. Yeah. So, um, so there's no reason why he can't do that with Danny, even though there's slightly different styles. So um, it's intriguing fight, really is. Yeah, I don't think um, Danny's has shown he's the force he was at super middleweight, particularly against Rosado. But, you know, you still think that John has still got to find something a little bit extra, a little bit more than even the Callum Smith fight to, to come come through on that. But, you know, what? it's stacked in his favour. He's at home. He had a fight last year. I think Danny Jacobs has had 15, 16 months out. Um yeah. So, look, it's stacked in his favour. I still think he's got to find something. But it's, it's like Calm Brook next week. It's one of those fights you can't tip with any, any great conviction, I don't think. And they're the yeah. sort of fights we want. It's been a brilliant start to the year for, for fights. Oh, well. Round five, John, I think you might talk for three minutes on this, your topic ah, no. here. Stevenson Valdez, this is your yeah, talk a, tell you what, talk a good start to the year. Steve, I don't think it's signed yet. Uh, although I think we're just waiting for Shakur to sign and he definitely will, won't he? Shakur was the one who was calling for this fight. Um, I can't wait for this one. Shakur Stevenson against Oscar Valdez. Uh, as long as Oscar stays away from his herbal tea and we don't get any uh, funny tests, then it's going to go on, isn't it? And you've got Valdez coming off that Burchell performance where he was brilliant all the way through and one of the knockouts of the year, although there may be a bit of a cloud over it now. But Shakur just looks like um, could be an elite fighter. Maybe not got the fireworks of someone like uh, a Javante Davis, maybe or something. But as an all-round fighter, he, he just looks unflappable. His distance is perfect. His style's great. I, I think Shakur could be really one to watch over the next. Well, obviously one to watch, but one to dominate the sport over the next decade. Um, I think the main thing, away, John, Jamel Herring, Jamie. You know how. Awkward Jamelis and the way Shakur yeah. dealt with him was crazy, wasn't it? Of course, that's what I was just going to say. I think one of the main things, or one of the most impressive things about him is his age. Yeah. You know, he's so young and he's so talented. Um, he's huge. You know, he's moved up from featherweight and he's huge for a super featherweight. So I think for him to be so well developed and, and has achieved so much at this stage. He looks to me like somebody who will probably go to welterweight, you know, yeah. and 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 still be there or thereabouts wow. in, in terms of achievement and capability because, you know, his skill set. He's only going to he's only going to improve and get better against the guys he's fighting. 
So um, he'll be around for another 10 years and, and he'll be on the scene. I think he'll be involved in some huge fights. Um, he's not Michael Petit, I've got to be honest with you. I don't, I don't really like the way he, he, the bravado and the antagonism, what he, he gives people. But that's just my personal point of view. As a fighter, he's phenomenal. He's, he really, really is. Yeah, he, he's pretty flawless. No, I, you know, but and I, I just think that you know he's had good fights. He's won before. This is the this is the fight I think that will catapult him to to stardom. Where you know where he becomes you know almost a mainstream star in in the sport. Because um, you know, the Listen, we're, we're, not, we're not we're not talking about Valdez here as well. Though. Yeah, Valdez yeah. Is, yeah. Know, gonna say. Real, yeah. For 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 us, I think it speaks volumes about what we think about Shakur. Rather yeah. Than, we're not disrespecting Valdez. It's just the fact that we think he's he's so good. But you know, Valdez in with a shout. I just I just can't see how um, the ability of what he's got and the dimensions and stuff. How, how he can cope with someone like Stevenson. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I'm going to say the way we're talking, it's if it's a foregone conclusion, but. It's anything but judging on Valdez's last one. I, said, I thought I thought Burchell was nailed on to beat Valdez. So there you go. Um, final one, round six. Just want to talk about um, quick three minutes on the zone situation with um, the the BT takeover. Well, not falling through because BT are in exclusive talks with Discovery Plus now, and I just wonder how hard it's going to be for the zone under the business model they have to. Um, Keep subscribers happy, non you know non boxing subscribers happy. I think if I you know because they're not going to get any football now till August twenty twenty five at the earliest because there's the new contract starts next season with Sky, BT, and Amazon for the Premier League. You know I think they've either got to bite the bullet and just keep throwing money at it, you know, to keep it afloat in, 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 as strong as they can, or maybe dumb down for a bit and lose as little as they can and then come back and get a, a football package or try to get one. But it's a real tricky situation. Was that I, was at, I was at Box Nation for, you know, for seven years, as you fellas know. And um, it's hard. It's the business model with just boxing just doesn't work. You have a hard yeah, to try. You need so much existence. And I think they're in a really tricky situation where they've either got a keep throwing millions and millions and continue losing money and hope they win a, fo- a good football contract when the next purse bids are held, I guess it'll be about you know, sometime in 2020, well, 2024, I guess. So, you know, you still yeah, have, it's, a lot to bankroll. Well, do they dumb down for a bit and not pay the money they were like they were in America? So it's a real tricky one for them. Yeah, it's three years of treading, treading water and, uh, and, and financing that, you know, somebody's got to have deep pockets. So, um, so what, what, you know, what do they do? Do they try and keep the subscribers, but maybe drop the price a little to, to entice people to, to stay subscribing? Otherwise, they, they might lose the vast majority of them. I don't know, but to be fair, I really like the setup of the zone. Um, yeah. So I don't mind paying the £8 a month. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big boxing fan. Also, I'm involved in the sport. So, so I love the little... The documentaries on there, uh, you know, it's not for me. It's not just about the fights on the night, but I can see where if if you're just a casual boxing fan, you wouldn't really see the value in it. So, um, so I, 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 I suppose the they'll, they'll have their own ideas. You know, maybe they're going to bring in backers or, or whatever. But um, it's, it'll be interesting to see how that sort of trans- transforms and transcends over the next sort of couple of years. 
I am. It's, it's, I think it's a bit of a shame. I, I, I really like how they've gone yeah. about it so far. It's been brilliant. It must have been. It must have been banking on brilliant. They must have been banking on the BT deal. The thing you say, Steve, about do we just keep throwing money at money at it to try and attract new subscribers? Who do we throw money at? Well, it, this is look at the moment. There's not many arena headliners available. But there's not many arena headliners in British boxing. Full I mean, stop. I mean, and there's certainly keep... not many coming through. So who do you throw money at? I mean, to attract I just new subscribers. Oh, the, the the guys they've got. Some of them aren't cheap. You know, some of the Olympians oh. they sign. You know, fights like Warren and Wood aren't going to be cheap. You know, if they if that comes off, if Connell and, and and Josh win their next fights. And it's just, when I say keep money, to keep it afloat in the sense that, you know, we all love it. They're brilliant. I think Bellu's a brilliant pundit. I think Mick Costello's brilliant. I think Chris Lloyd's great with them interviews. And when he does comms, I think Andy Lee's, but it's a really strong talent team they've got. I think Laura Woods is fantastic. They're, you know, they're brilliant. But um, when I say throw money at it, I mean, literally to keep it afloat, because we all love it. But we're boxing fans. We're still pretty much a minority sport. There's, there's not there's not names there that are going to bring in the general sports fans. So someone's got to keep it afloat for a couple year, for a couple years, and that that's a big decision. Well, it's, it's, mm. it's, it's talented fighters like um, a Coley and stuff like that. You know, we know how good a Coley is. He might be the best cruiserweight in the world. But one of the guys who works with me isn't going to subscribe to the zone to watch Lawrence Coley yeah. defend the WBO title. You need those names. And I just can't see who they could attract at the minute who can attract that. I mean, and that if floating voters, it, it's, it's a real tricky one. You know, it, yeah, I just hope, I just hope they come through because as you say, they've been brilliant. Them little films they make, but the, really the Morsey was on about are absolutely top draw. I mean, the, the production team and the cameraman they've got won't come cheap either because it's, it's top no. draw stuff. Um, but it's not, it, you know, Sky, Sky, BT aren't boxing channels. They're general sports channels so they can, you know, they get the, the, the money from them. But it, it's going to be really fascinating to see what happens over the next few months with them and what, what, path, what path they go down. The, 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 other thing is, the other thing is as well there, boys, the general sports channels where they, we all, you know, history or, or the past sort of 20 years, they brought fighters through and that's how you get your superstars. Yes. Yeah. Yep. You said it. Yeah. Doing it off a, off a boxing only platform online. Yeah. How do you create superstars or, or, or attract in fans, make fans of boxing without actually being on mainstream TV? I don't understand how that would work. I know, I know, it's still there in, in the form of Sky, but they're not going to want to just be a conveyor belt to for them to get to a certain stage and then go, okay, off you pop to the zone. So you know, it, I, thinking in a long term sort of way, how, how is that going to sort of manage the next generation? How did the zone go? Okay, we're going to make superstars out of these kids coming through without you know normal subscription-based TV like Sky or BT or even terrestrial TV. You know, at the moment, there's only living off already established fighters, and that's why it's fantastic. But what happens in five years' time when, when those fighters start to retire? And then how do you keep getting subscribers? Yeah. It's just a difficult Mate, one, isn't will, it? Will it go the opposite way than we all thought? Will it, rather than people coming through Sky and jumping to the zone for the money, will people use the zone to get the world rankings because we're going to have to keep making big fights and then go to Sky for yeah. the recognition and money? Will it 
we all thought it was going to go one way. Will it end up going the complete opposite? That's a great point. Well, time will tell, mate. Time Fascinating. will tell. Well, anyway, fellas, we're running out. I think we've got three minutes left on the clock here anyway, but we're well over time there. But, um, Jamie, I know you've been busy and we, you know, thanks for coming on on tonight. Um, really, really yeah, kind of you to give, afford us some time. And, John, as always, thanks very much and thanks, everyone, for listening. For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also... Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.